Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Old Chase, joined tonight by Pale Dragon. How is it going, PD? Happy New Year. Uh, happy Browns playoff week, Will. There you go. I'm very happy that they beat Pittsburgh yesterday, for the record. So am I. <laughs> and Seeds, I know you're happy the Rams are in the playoffs. How are you doing? I am loving the John Walford experience, guys. You know, anytime you can have a <laughs> stay awake. That was interesting. Yeah, I was stay not awake. I uh, I knew Kyler was kind of you know dinged up a little bit, and but I didn't expect. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I could have gone either way. I guess. Anytime your offense can score as many points as your defense in a football game, you're probably doing something right, good, right? Right. Right. Playoffs abound for you guys, which is good. And uh, so uh, there was a bit of news, obviously, for the Blue Jackets late last week. Initially, we were waiting, of course, for Pierre-Luc Dubois to sign his contract. There was a little bit of drama before that. And then eventually he signed on New Year's Eve, right? I'm trying to remember my days. I believe yeah. it was New Year's Eve. But there was initial reports from Pierre Lebrun that PLD may not even be be in Columbus, which conflicted with what Aaron Portsline had said recently in the week. But he eventually did sign a two-year contract worth $10 million. But then there were talks that he supposedly, potentially, still wants to be traded or wants to be traded in general, which was news to, I think, all of us. So, um, obviously, that's our main focus right now is PLD. So, PD, starting with you, I always assumed that he was going to sign a contract, never really doubted that he would. But then, of course, with all these late reports that have been coming out, it definitely makes me wonder about the potential of PLD in Columbus long term. Yeah, I again, I, I was never really worried about him getting his deal done. I I thought I had no doubt that it was going to get done before camp. Um, and I thought, well, you know, the, and there hadn't been any things hadn't gone public like they had with the Johansson or Anderson uh, holdouts back in the day. So I had a feeling like, OK, this is going to get done. He's going to be in camp. Uh, his agent was also Wierenski's agent and Wierenski signed his contract like three days before camp started. So this was really in line with that. Not worried about that. But yeah, when the news came out that morning about 
um, you know, him apparently going out of town briefly and that, you know, other teams were feeling like he was wanting out. Um, then it thought, oh God, here we go again. You know, it's, it's bad enough that a guy like that wants out, but when it then just becomes another, uh, another piece of the pattern, piece of the history for this franchise where other players like him have wanted out, um, that's really frustrating <laughs> as a fan. Um, and it's why do we have to go through this again? You know, can't we just have a player that's here from the beginning that likes to be here? I mean, I guess we've had that, you know, Cam Atkinson. Um, yep. but that's about it at this point. Uh, you know, first, you know, Adam Foote wanted out, Rick Dash wanted out, uh, you Jeff know, Carter, yeah. yeah, Jeff Carter, Johansson, Anderson, Bobrovsky, Panarin. Uh, it just goes on and on. So, Hugely disappointing as a fan. Frustrating because I was really looking forward to the season just to get back to live right. hockey. Uh, you know, yep. we're just next week. We've got real games next week. Like this is coming up so quickly. And I like some of the moves that made in the offseason. And I wanted to see what this team could do. Uh, you know, especially if they can stay healthy, especially if they can get the young guys some minutes. Uh, excited to see what that first line could be with Dubois, Bjorkstrand, and Texier. And he's in camp. He's playing. He's going to play. We're going to see this team that I wanted to see, but there's going to be this cloud hanging over just like there was in the 2018-19 season when, you know, we played the whole year knowing that the Russians were not long for Columbus. And right. it really, really sucks to go through it again. Um, and as for why it's, we're going through that, uh, I'm sure Seeds has thoughts. So I will let him take over before I say anything else. I mean, I have thoughts, but mostly it's just I have been so mad and so frustrated about this that I've completely gone through the other side. And now I'm just like, why should I even care? Like, I I can't even I don't even have it in my heart to get mad about this because, like, of course, like this franchise gets nothing nice ever. You know, we, we draft a kid. You know, we take a risk drafting a kid. He pans out. He starts to look like the bona fide number one center. Or is his offense where it should be? No. He's only been like a 60-point center here, but he he hasn't been used all that well. He barely gets – he doesn't get the power play time I think he deserves. But he, he looks like the real deal. And now all of a sudden he wants out because uh, according to uh, Elliot Friedman on um, Sportsnet 690, like right before we started recording – uh, he yeah. wants to play in a bigger stage. He doesn't think Columbus is a big enough market. He wants a bigger stage. Probably got a taste of it in Toronto when the hockey media fa- was fawning mm-hmm. over him for his breakout performance in that Toronto series. And it's just, we can't fix that. That is not something that is fixable. And I don't, it's just frustrating to just see one more talented player come. Th- you know, I, I figured we were going to go through this in two years with Seth Jones. Like I, I have been kind of mentally stealing myself for Seth Jones walking away in a couple years yeah, to right. pull the curtain back. I did not expect to have to go through this with Pierre-Luc Dubois beforehand. And like, if it, if it had been a contentious negotiation, like Yarmo wielded the hammer and there was bad blood and bridges burned with him and Johansson, sure like that's one thing and i can be mad at the front office and be mad about it but this this is just something that this is not something that is remotely fixable you can't fix you know i was thinking about this tonight walking the dog before we record this and before i saw that that bit from friedman and i was thinking yeah it, you know people want to blame the front office but yeah the negotiations by all accounts 
went fine. PLD's agent said that, you know, he's always found the Jacks to be professional, has never had an issue with them. Both sides wanted to get a deal done before camp. They got a deal done before camp. Uh, you know, signed a deal for, you know, two years, an average uh, annual value of five million, which seems like a very reasonable deal for a player of of his age, his record, sets him up for a nice raise in two years. It's team friendly. It's, you know, everyone should be happy. Fine. Uh, people want to blame Torts. Oh, like no one wants to play for Torts. But PLD himself said at his press conference yesterday that uh, he likes playing for a coach that pushes him. You know, and there was that you know famous incident in the Toronto series where Torts was seen yelling at him on the bench, um, and it looked looks bad. But then PLD came out the next game and he scored a hat trick. So I think that you know, right? Yeah, Torts is can be rough with guys, but he lights a fire under them. And I think PLD is the type of guy who wants to have that fire under him. He needs to have that fire under him. So if it's not if it's not the front office, if it's not the coaching, if it's just the city or the market, we can't do anything about it. And that, and something I just thought of is this is why I get so pissed off when I see the national TV assignments. So if you're only going to give the Jackets one national game a year, then what, what solution do we have for players that want to play at a bigger stage? And it's not fair because I think we have guys that deserve to be on national TV a lot more. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for a network like NBC that's an American network that broadcasts the Olympics that should have an interest in promoting American stars. And we've got guys like Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski. Show these great American players, you know, get so. No, instead you have to give Detroit six national TV appearances this year. The the worst team in the cap era. You have to give them six national TV appearances. It's just like I said, it just goes back to how frustrating it is that we like. This is not an issue that can be fixed. It's not. It's like it's not something that I can. We can say, you know, okay, you're you're pissed off at John Tortorella because you know he's a hard ass and he's not giving you the minutes you think you deserve. Okay, that's fine. You know, you, you guys can butt heads and maybe Torts will retire. Uh, you 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 know, Yarmo has all these contentious negotiations. You know, if there if it truly if it comes out, you know, that agents are steering their players away from Columbus, okay, because they don't want to negotiate with Yarmo or because they they don't think he's fair to young talent. Okay, that's fine. You can work with Yarmo. Or right. That, that would be fireable for sure if that came out. Yeah. Right. Right. That, that's that. But that's but you know those those are issues that are fixable. Guys don't want to be in Columbus because they don't feel like they get recognition is not something that the organization can fix. It's not something that we as fans can like demand be fixed. It's not anything that can be fixed short of the entire way the NHL is marketed changing. And this is a league that tends to market six different teams. They tend to market five players total. And that's it. That's how this, that's how they market. That's it's, it's just, it's just so incredibly frustrating that there's nothing can be done if a player wants to play on a bigger stage, unless this team miraculously goes on a run in the playoffs somehow, then, you know, they'll, they'll finally get some recognition and they'll be like, Oh, I want more of that more often. And then they're out the door. Even when that happens, a guy like Duchesne goes to Nashville after they swap Tampa. But regardless, what I was going to say real fast about the TV aspect of things was I know Columbus isn't Vegas, but Vegas, an expansion team, is shown all the time as well on TV. Plus, yeah, they had their playoff run. But I'm also wondering, is Seattle going to be shown on TV just as much as Vegas, probably? probably. What teams, 
aside from Columbus, maybe Buffalo doesn't get shown on TV as much. Minnesota but, doesn't. Yeah, Minnesota's like a it's like a hockey quotes on you know quote unquote hockey town. Yeah, it's the state of hockey, so, right? Right. I, and and here's in what more as a franchise are you supposed to do? Right. You know, if we were talking about this back in 2016, you could say, oh, well, this is a team that's only made it to the playoffs twice. You know, they've had all this futility for their history. Fine. But we are a team that has made the playoffs each of the last four seasons. We have won a postseason series the last two years. This is a team that should be of interest to the your, your average neutral hockey fan. Um, and, you know, I get some people don't like the uh, watching the torts style of hockey. I totally understand that if I were a neutral fan, I probably wouldn't either. But we do have some exciting players that are worth watching. Um, And so it's just if you're not going to give attention and give a stage to a team that has been successful and has exciting young players, what are we doing? You know, that's why Seth Jones is still like, underrated in terms of the Norris uh, consideration because he's not on TV that much. I mean, the league knows how good he is. And every year we're saying he's a Norris potential, but he probably should already be on that list anyway. It's even guys like Jones are not getting recognition really, or at least, you know, along with the rest of the The team. The only guys who have made any real note, uh, the only guys who've won any awards, who've gotten any recognition have been either the coach when the team does something outstanding, you know, play, performs way above expectations, like towards one that Jack Adams, the year the team finished fourth in the league, or um, a goaltender who, you know, wins the Vesna for, you know, measurable counting stats that, you know, that are impossible to deny. You know, Bob, when he won that second Vesna, went 12 and 0 in the month of December with like a 1.5 goals against in 12 games. Like, that's, of course, that's going to get recognition. It's, it's, yeah. When when it's in now granted like 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 you said PD it's not you know people might not want to see John Tortorella hockey but it's got to be better than watching Dave Blashill and the Detroit Red Wings get axe murdered by get axe murdered <laughs> by the Lightning right. four times this year. I mean and now they got Stevie Y. I don't but like what, what who are yeah, I know, turning, I know. tuning in to see Gustav Nyquist and uh the corpse of Thomas Vanek like I don't know what you're tuning into the Detroit Red, Red Wings to see at this point. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. If people are crying to see the Flyers twenty times. And, I, and, I, know, oh, and right. I hate crying about. I hate crying about how many appearances you know the Flyers and the Blackhawks get because it's just. But it's just so frustrating to see that like the Jackets have been a, a markedly better team than both of those franchises since the 2015 or since the 2016 season, and we're begging for a second national TV appearance. Like, All right. And, and, the, and those awards, I think, kind of color the perception where, you know, Torts wins the Jack Adams because the team did better than expected. And it's like, oh, well, that, well, they're just a fluke. They weren't supposed to be good. They had a good season. Good good for them. Here's your mm-hmm. trophy, you know. Or, oh, you know, Sergei Barossi wins the Vezina again. It's like, oh, well, they're, they're a team that was just carried by a hot goalie. But if you look at the entirety of the last four years – then you see that oh no this is a this is a good team this is not a fluke this is a team that knows how to play good enough hockey to get into the playoffs and this is a team that has won a lot of different ways yeah bob had a vesna caliber year in 2017 uh but in 2018 and 2019 this was a team that actually could score a bit on five on five because they had artemi panarin 
And then last year they were a team that didn't necessarily have Vesna goaltending in the early going. They were a team that won on you know team defense, and they were able to win despite having all their right. best they, players. They, they were the equivalent of like a Jose Mourinho soccer team who's going to sit sit back, play defense, and hit you on the counter attack. That's in you know you might not in it might not be entertaining to the you know everyday fan, but it wins. Like it it, it is proven to be successful at like the New Jersey Devils played a variation of that style and won three Stanley Cups. Now, granted, they had little better defenseman and goaltending and you know having scott niedermeyer and uh martin brodeur kind of does some wonders for you but it's just so frustrating that every at every turn not only not only does this team not only does this team do some things that don't help themselves and for the first decade of this of their existence they shot themselves in the shot themselves in the groin repeatedly but now that they are finally ready to take that next step and you know kind of you know, become more than just, oh, that expansion team that no one really cares about. You know, they kind of deserve a little more recognition on the national stage. They're getting kicked in the dick repeatedly by every single media market announcer, person in the NHL media outside of this state. And it is incredibly frustrating. And the the narrative surrounding this franchise of, oh, they're just a fluke or oh, they're just an also ran or, oh, they don't have anyone is actively driving the talent this team has away. And it's just so friggin' frustrating because the talent and team here deserves better. Well, and as a perfect example, um, you know, so this news broke from Pierre Lebrun and, and I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's, he's a pretty good reporter. Yeah. And I think he's obviously very well connected to a lot of the teams. And, but I feel like his best connections are with the Canadian franchise. And, and so sometimes you have to think that if he's talking about team sources, it's coming from people in Canada. So it seems like him pushing this story is a bit of a service to the Canadian teams. The Canadian teams would love to have Pierre-Luc Dubois. So he's pushing, oh, there are these teams that are, you know, Dubois wants to play elsewhere and there are teams that are interested. Well, of course there are teams that are interested. He's a great center in the league. Any team would be happy to have him. Of course they're interested in him. And so, right. and, and, and I wonder how much the fact that he was, that, you know, teams could talk to him during this time. Wouldn't it be nice to come to Montreal, play at home? And, you know, I think it was LeBron who was reporting that, or no, no, no. It was in the LeBron article where he was talk, where there was a team exec interviewed who was like, there, there, if they do trade him, there's no way they send him to an Eastern Conference team. Like, I, I can't, I can only imagine if he is traded, it's going to be as far away from here as humanly possible. Like, you're, like, if you think you're gonna go to Montreal, if you think you're gonna go to Montreal, go to hell. We're sending you to Anaheim. Send him to Winnipeg. Right, be right. Send, send him to, yeah, send him to Winnipeg. Going back to what you know, you were talking about with you know lebron for instance like or with the media in general it's like the perception is outside of columbus outside of the columbus media maybe these players aren't really talked about very often and then lebron his tweets on new year's eve talking about oh potential teams that might be you know interested in in the services of dubois and dubois who potentially wants to be on a quote-unquote bigger stage he probably gets excited internally just just uh you know, thinking about like, oh, this national, this big time national mm-hmm. media member is talking about me and putting my name out there, and all these teams could be interested. Yeah, and another example of the media thing was back at the trade deadline when there were reports out about the Jackets being interested in uh, Andreas Athanasiu from the Red Wings, which made no sense as a fit for Columbus. He's allergic to defense. There's no way that he would have fit. Which, on by a the way, is team. why we will not or be trading Jack- for Patrick Liney. 
<laughs> well, see, but at least Patrick Lani can score, which Athanasio could, you know, that's hit or miss. But, and then he ended up going to Edmonton, and it came out that after the fact that no, Columbus was never in on him. So that was clearly that Detroit fed to their national media people, okay, Columbus is interested. They put out the media and it jacks up the price for, for Edmonton to get him, you know? We're just, you know, a tool of them. And because no one actually does the research to think, wait a minute, Columbus in on Athanasio, that makes no sense. Because they don't they don't watch Columbus enough to know or care about what we need, you know. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. I had a thought today as I was discussing all of this in the comments, and I figured out a way to cope with this whole situation. Drink? Well, th- there's that, obviously. As a Cleveland Indians fan, I am used to fans of teams like the Yankees and Red Sox coveting players and eventually getting them as soon as they hit free agency or whatever. So... I think I've generally learned to accept the fact that my favorite players on that team will not stay there for their whole career, that I get seven years maybe out of them, and then they will be traded or leaving for agency or whatever, and that's just the nature of the game. They're just Teams are playing by different sets of rules. Uh, t- teams have different advantages and stuff, and f- fortunately, the, the Cleveland franchise there is pretty well run and they've learned how to do more with less and they scout and develop really well so that once they trade guys, they get good pieces in return and their own drafted players do well and they just fill in the gaps or whatever as it goes on. I mean, look at the way they've in recent years traded guys like uh, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger, and then you got guys like, you know, Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali and Zach, please that coming up and filling the spaces. Um, and, you know, presumably this winter, Francisco Lindor will be traded and they'll get a lot of players in return. And hopefully that includes some shortstop and he'll be the next guy that will be a star. And in, you know, six years from now, uh, that guy will leave as well. And that's just the way it is. So and for Columbus, uh, 
maybe we just accept that these guys aren't long-term until they actually sign a thing, a long-term deal. Uh, and we just enjoy them while we can. And, you know, that's, that's just, it's just, just, you know, think of it like uh, college football, like we were talking about in our break there. Um, you know, we accept that a guy like Justin Fields, he's going to be here two seasons. That's fine. He goes on wishing well. Uh, so, you know, set up here, Luke Dubois going to the NFL. He's going to, um, you know, an original six team. All right. Well, f- fairly well. Uh, you know, g- good luck in that other league that we won't run into you because uh, apparently there's a ceiling on on how far we can go because we only have these guys for uh, a short bit of time. But and, and, and more realistically, more seriously here. For, so we've got a lot of guys whose contracts are up in the summer of 2022. So. We can only control what we control, and there's not a lot that we as fans can control the situation. So these guys are on the team for the foreseeable future. So while they're jackets, I'm going to enjoy watching them. I'm going to enjoy cheering for them. And then at some point, they won't be jackets, and hopefully we get some good players in return, which in recent years, Garmo's done a pretty good job of that. For Johansson, he got uh, Jones. You know, for Saad, he got Panarin. For Anderson, he got Domi. And, uh, you know, the new guys that come in, then we'll root for them until until they move on. And just hopefully we can do enough to continue being competitive. Um, you know, and maybe in a few years we'll be able to get as many as three national TV games. So, yay. I'm going to push back a little bit on the comparison to the Cleveland uh, baseball franchise, only because... There is a in unlike in baseball, there is a hard cap. So, you know, you can't the New York the New York Rangers can't go sign, you know, Elias Pettersson, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. And in hockey, there's more of a tradition of guys staying in one place. It's it's more of a it's kind of more of a hockey mm-hmm. thing. It's just, you know, I was drafted here, I stay here. I I I recognize it's kind of different given free agency, but for the most part, a lot of hockey guys, like, you know, you, you, you see it all the time that, like, guys are drafted and stay and stick around. Like, you know, do you think there's any way, like, for example, McKinnon's leaving Colorado ever? Well, maybe. Or, like, I don't know. Obviously, we have, we've seen Taze, we've seen, you know, Taze and Kane play their entire careers in Chicago. We've seen Dylan Larkin play his entire career for a pretty poor Detroit franchise. Like, yeah, and even Steven Samkos right. shocked a lot of people by staying in Tampa. Right, right. Stamco, right. A lot of people expect a Stamkos to leave, and he's he stuck around. It, I, I, I don't know how we go about changing the notion of like Columbus is not a destination. Columbus is a place that you can go, succeed, and win. But we need. I, I, I don't know how to go about changing, but something needs to change in the way this that people think about this franchise, and that this is a place I can go and win. This is a place that this this can be a destination, and that. I mean, we we saw the comments from Max Domi today. Uh, they were all over Twitter, like you know, this is a, this is a good group of guys. There's there's something in the locker room here. Uh, comments that were echoed by Matt Duchesne right right after he had signed. Maybe there lies the answer. Maybe the answer lies with a guy like Domi that comes here, and maybe he does like it. Maybe he does stick around. I think you know, the, there's this idea that the stars won't stay here, but the only yeah. way that's going to change is if we start getting one or yeah. two stars to stay that do stay. Right. And, and you know, if you, if you lose a guy like Artemi Panarin, like I get it, the kid, the kid grew up dirt poor in Russia wearing sneakers in his skates. Like if he, if he has an opportunity to go play yeah, in New sure. York for $11 million, yeah. I get it. You know, I, 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 I under, I completely understand that. But if you get a guy 
like if you if you get a guy like Domi to stay and you get a guy like Warinsky to stay and you get a guy like Elvis, a big personality who is sure. very clearly successful um, and, you know, you let him be himself, be this rock star personality and he succeeds here. Maybe then you can say, you know, you can convince some someone else who's like, you know, I was drafted here. I don't know. Maybe maybe you draft the next. I don't know. <sighs> Austin Matthews or you draft the next Dubois and they say this is you know these these guys this Columbus might not be you know Chicago or New York or LA but it is this is a place where I can come I can you know win I can make my money and I can succeed here I think seeing someone with seeing high profile players with high level talent succeed here and seeing the team succeed as a result will go a long way towards changing this perception, but we need yeah. to see, we need to see that. We need to see these guys. We need to see Elvis succeed. We need to yeah. see Domi succeed and stay here. We need to see more postseason success. We need to see like, if any team in this league needs a, needs a run to the conference finals, like badly, it is the Columbus blue jackets. Like they, they need to find a way to get, to win multiple series and be one of those last teams standing to start, if, if not, not only just for the health of the franchise, but to just start changing the perception around the league that this is not just an also ran who has won two playoff series in their franchise history. Like we, we are not the Florida Panthers, even though that, even though teams around the league might think of that, think of us as such, like this is a team that is going places. And this is a team that wins and can win more in the future. And we have to start, like there, there needs to be a way that this organization works to change that perception. The onus is definitely on developing guys like Texier, Bemstrom. Again, a guy like Elvis. Hope you see that continued success. You know, because if like what you said, PD, if guys like Dubois are out the door and all these other players are going to be out the door, then you just have to really make sure that the guys that are coming in behind them are flourishing is to the best of their capabilities with torts or whoever the coach might be so that at least it's kind of like uh taking your baseball analogy with the indian or with the cleveland baseball team uh apply that to like the tampa bay rays they get a guy like blake snell out the door but they have major league players ready to take his spot right then it's almost like a somewhat of a seamless transition they might have a little bit of a you know but yeah. they might might not be in the world series right away but you got to be sure that you at least have talent or going back to college again with Ohio State. Yeah, every couple of years it changes, but that's a, it's a steady team. And we need to see Columbus be able to flourish with their right. with their young players. Yeah, and, and I think that the key might end up being our top defensive pair. Uh, because I said these guys are both American, which should make them highly marketable. Uh, I, we've seen Seth Jones get in some National League ads that I've seen. Um, you know, if the Olympics go through next year, uh, those guys would be on Team USA if they have NHLers play. And if Team USA does well with those guys on the team, I think that would help their marketability. And I could see either or both of those guys being willing to stay here long term. Uh, both of them seem to be pretty happy, pretty settled here. Um, and, you know, I think starting at some point this summer, they can start negotiating their next contract. And if any of them signed their extension soon, that could get the ball rolling because that would show some of these players like, oh, that guy's committing here long-term. That's going to make this team better. That means this team is going to be worth me sticking around as well. So that could create kind of an avalanche effect. Maybe too late to save Dubois, but maybe it gets Domi to stick around. 
Um, and, you know, maybe uh, these other young guys decide they want to still be part of it. And I think, you know, those guys would be a lot more marketable than uh, even a guy like Elvis with his personality or Texas or Benstrom, because those guys not being from the U.S., not having great English doesn't make them as, yeah. you know, easy to put in these kind right. of commercials and that sort of thing. But and and again, as Seed says, you got to win. So ultimately, we have to do more in the postseason to ask we got to get back to it to show hey look now it's five years in a row they're in the postseason and we need to make noise in it to show that yeah we're not just an all, also ran it's not just oh we're just good enough to get in and not do more than that and so, if we're gonna get in this year it'd be really it'd really behoove us to uh finish third in the division and not fourth and uh not get put up <laughs> against tampa bay like i'd rather i'd rather go up against carolina or dallas i don't yeah, know about you guys yeah. but yeah, I actually think they could beat Dallas. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, I know they were. I think they could too. I know they were in the final last year, but yeah. yeah. Well, I know we're getting towards the end, but uh, and I think we'll get we'll get more into the training camp side of things next week. But we can still touch on that real fast. Blue Jackets players had their physicals yesterday. All night scrimmages started today or Monday for those that are listening. Obviously, today being Tuesday, but. Uh, Anyways, so I had a few topics in mind, and we can definitely touch a little bit more in depth with it next week before the season gets started. But uh, I know that over the offseason, Tortorella was mentioning how they would like to open up the offense from the coaching to the players. And you know, I'm just hopeful that that mindset really gets started in training camp, especially as we try to figure out offense with guys like Gustav Nyquist out. You hope that a guy like Atkinson gets back some of the goals that he didn't have last year. But from the training camp side of things, uh, are you guys, is there anything that kind of sticks out that you're kind of either hoping to see or obviously certain players that might emerge like a Bemstrom, a Texier, or even an unknown, maybe even just from the taxi squad perspective? Yeah, no, I, I think you're, that last point is the important thing there. The, the, I want to see the youngsters get a real yeah. shot to – not just get into the lineup, but also have key minutes within the lineup. Um, I was kind of intrigued by the the fourth line, which had Foodie, Nash, and Bemstrom. Uh, even though that's the fourth line uh, on the list there, I would like to see that line get a lot of offensive zone deployment, uh, favorable matchups against maybe the third pairs of other teams, and, and just see what they could do with that regard and maybe get those guys some special teams minutes as well. You know, don't just bury them on the fourth line. I want to see, yeah, I'd love to see Bemstrom step up, let put that shot to use uh, at the NHL level. Finally, uh, I'd like to see what Texier does on the left wing of the first line there with Dubois Bjorkstrand. You know, he I really liked what they did in the postseason, so I'd like to see Texier keep that going. Um, so that's the big thing is just the youngsters stepping up. Maybe Grigorenko, not really a youngster, but this new arrival. You know, flamed out his his first time in the NHL. Has done all right in Russia the last few years. I I just don't know what kind of player he is. I'm excited to see what kind of player he is. You know, what kind of role is he going to fill? Can he provide some offense? Because I, I want to see some kind of offensive spark from every line, even that Koivu line. I think you know Jenner going back at wing. Uh, I like to see that get him going offensively. You know, park Jenner in front of the net. Let him get dirty goals all season. Get him. To like give me twenty dirty goals from Boone Jenner this year. I would love to see that. Yeah, that's that's what I'd like to see as well. Um, play the kids. Don't trot out Nick Felino and Miko Koivu and Boone Jenner just because they're veterans and safe and supposedly play defense well. You know, guys like Boone Jenner or guys like uh, Emil Bemstrom and 
Dubois and Texier aren't going to learn how to play defense unless you let them play defense. Like right. at some point, just baptize these guys by fire and let's see what happens. If, it, if you're going to do it in any season, a stupid COVID season where <laughs> nothing makes sense. And all you're going to do is see these same teams over and over again is fine. You're going to learn tendencies of these other seven teams over the course of the next four or five months. Like you might as well just let these guys go. Hey, guys are, Guys are going to make right. mistakes, but that's okay as long as they are also creating offensive yeah, chances. Right. You know, right. It, like, it's, it, it's worked for, the trade off. It worked for Taves and Patrick Kane out in Chicago. You know, those guys played a lot of minutes while they were young, made a lot of mistakes, missed the playoffs, and then they, but they used those lessons to fuel uh, a five year run for that franchise. Like maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying Texier and Femstrom can be those guys, but it'd be nice if we could at least see. Someone I, I put it this way. I'd rather see Bemstrom and Foodie and Texier out there trying to do something rather than Miko Koivu skating around on one leg. At That's the thing. They old. might they might have a, a mistake or mess up, but it would be exciting, I think, to have the younger guys have a chance to win the game. The Blue Jackets are always on those Sean Tierney, if I'm saying his name right, Sean Tierney charts mm. of being like dull or this or that. Even if they lose a yeah. game, maybe they'll be more exciting just to watch. You know, those charts kind of elevated. <laughs> right, right. Can we can we move towards the fun area for right, like right. the last five exactly. years? And the guys like Bemstrom and Texie might be able to do that. Yeah, and and I think we trust the yeah. goalies now. So if we give some more breakaways, I think we can trust that Corpy and uh, Elvis will do their part to stop that. You know, like we like we could do we could afford to do that when Bob was here. You know, um, and I think, yeah, I, I, I hope that Torts sticks with what he's saying about letting the team be more offensively focused. What's the Mike Tyson thing? Like, yeah, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And, and I have a feeling that, you know, in close games and tight situations, that Torts is going to go back to his gut instinct and be conservative, focus on defense. Um, and so he needs to fight that a little bit and not just, uh, you know, tortle in the third period, like go ahead and just keep up the aggression if that's being successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I said it in our Slack, uh, which would guys already kind of uh, reiterated. Just, I want to see, I don't want to see Felino and Jenner, nothing against them, but I don't want to see them out there with a minute to go. I want to see, I want to, I, I, I know it's I don't I don't want to lose games, but I I just want it to be fun as well as win games. I want to see mm-hmm. the young guys have a shot. I want to feel like if Dubois leaves in two years, we've got guys that could take a spot. They mentioned Texier could be a yeah. center when uh, when uh, Dubois wasn't signed yet, and Torts had his lineups. You know, without Dubois, he mm-hmm. said Texier at center could be an option. Well, maybe he could be a center. I don't know. I just want to see the players sure. play, mature, and hopefully turn into stars. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We are very close to puck drop officially uh, next week when the Blue Jackets have two games at Nashville. We'll, of course, be back for our 100th episode next Monday already of the Canyon cast. So we will hopefully celebrating an Ohio State Buckeyes national title. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I hope so. Man, that was a great game on Saturday against Clemson. But uh, we'll be back next week. And as always, check out at CBJ Cannon on Twitter, JacketsCannon.com. And we will see you all next week. Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to JacketsCanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. 
Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Check out AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.